0: Hey friend, so excited for you with this Portfolio Career Podcast episode with Steve Dean. I've had the privilege of becoming friends with Steve here in New York City. Steve wears many hats. We could have talked for hours, but I kept it here to my normal around 30 minutes for you. You may be interested in Steve's writing on Medium to learn more about Steve's work. You can quickly Google Steve Dean Medium. Steve was the founder of a startup called Jobsuiters which focused on helping people get matched for the best possible job for them. This type of specific human connection and matchmaking has been at the core of all of Steve's work and his portfolio. In this particular episode, you will learn about social capital, how to market yourself, how to have your friends help you find work, how to build meaningful relationships, and so much more. As always, this episode with timestamp notes is available on my website at PortfolioCareerPodcast.com. There, you can subscribe to my monthly newsletter as well. Really excited for you to build and grow your portfolio career. Here we go with Steve. Welcome to Portfolio Career Podcast. Your host, David Avinsky, is here with Steve Dean. How's it going, Steve?
1: It is going quite well. You might be able to hear we are... In the mean streets of new york right now you can hear some sirens in the distance
0: yeah well thanks so much for coming on the show steve really appreciate it and um i guess steve if we were go to go to an event tonight how do you uh, typically introduce yourself
1: like if i if i were at the event
0: yeah if you're at the event and you meet somebody new
1: Ooh, that's a really hard one i've changed my introduction almost every time i've ever met someone because it's really hard to have a consistent identity when you do lots of inconsistent work, or at least not inconsistent quality, but lots of different things. So I guess the easiest and most consistent one is dating consultant and super connector, but not many people know what that means. So I usually have to elaborate. Sometimes I say things that confuse people, like I help people find the things they need most, whether that is, like, a new apartment, a new roommate, a co-founder, a romantic partner, a date location, a new relationship paradigm, like, it could literally be anything. It could be a new hire for their company. It could be a new apartment. I already said apartment, I think. Um, it just keeps going. Like, whatever it is that someone needs, sometimes they just need, you know, tickets to a concert. They need access to a person who they who would be helpful for their company. And so, it's hard, like, what, what's the job title for that? What's the... I mean, I've built up connections over the years by doing a lot of favors for people, helping people with whatever they need. And in doing so, I learned that, hey, this is actually pretty easy to do. <laughs> Once you help enough people, you kinda get a feel for what people need and what that flow looks like. And then you find yourself now struggling to explain what it is that you do. <laughs> How have you introduced me before?
0: Yeah, that's a good that's a good point, because that was one that was a question that I was gonna ask you was Recently, we've been having some um, calls together, the job searching with friends group. And one thing that you've been really clear on for me and the, to the group has been like, cool, say I was going to meet somebody at an event and you sometimes meet 30, 40 people a day. How, how should I introduce you to somebody? Why should I introduce somebody to you? What is the like three to
1: five words, right? I hate that you're right. (laughs) and It's really frustrating because practicing what one preaches is definitely a point of major frustration for me in particular. Um, Yeah, it's important if you want other people to be able to refer you out or link you up with the people who you might most need or want to talk to, then you need to kind of plant the idea in their mind of how to talk about you and what they can do to make it easier for the person they're talking to Uh, make it easier for them to remember you. So they have to know that like, you're the person who can solve their problem and that they have an easy way of addressing you or contacting you. Um, And so that does take a little bit of work on your part when you're initially coming up with like who you are, what you do, you have to be internally consistent to a certain degree. You have to be able to tell your friends, like, this is how you refer me. Um, and when you refer me, this is like either my website so that the person doesn't have to do all the work. Like if your friend has to be on the hook for explaining everything about you to someone else and then bridging that connection, like that's so much additional labor. Like if, if they can just point someone to the website and be say like, okay, look, I trust Steve with anything in the realm of dating. His website will let you see how you can engage with him. Uh, I recommend this particular way then that's like, that's easy. If, if you already have the website, you may have the testimonials already. You have your friend's testimonial. Um, there's There's just so many easy ways of conveying that to someone else, but you have to choose to convey it. Like conveying what it is that you can do for someone else. If you don't package it, then what is your friend supposed to do? How do they refer you Uh, If they just say, like, oh, Steve, like, knows about dating, you know, that's not going to give anyone else the ability to suddenly be excited to, like, talk with me. You know, they're going to be, what does that code as to them? If you say Steve is a dating coach, then they might say, oh, well, I guess I'm the kind of person who needs coaching. If you say Steve's a dating consultant, then is that, you know, if they're thinking of building a dating app, maybe then that would resonate more, but maybe they want coaching. So if you call me a consultant, then they'll be a little confused. If you say I'm a coach and consultant, you know, is that a little bit closer to the truth? Is that closer to what would be helpful for someone? It depends who they're talking to. Um, So yeah, it's just the way you package yourself is really important at the end of the day for how how easy it is for other people to refer you. Because if your package is kind of like messy and all over the place, then it's gonna be really costly for your friends and your colleagues and your network to refer you out because they don't really know what to say. But if it's super clean, like the the people who have it pretty good are like... Yeah, I was going to say, give us some examples. People who are easy. So if you are a front-end web developer, and you do really good work, and you have a history of really good work, and you have competitive rates, then any time I ever talk to a founder who's like, hey, I want this thing built, or someone who even wants to hire a front-end developer, then it's a really easy turnaround for me to say, oh, okay, talk to this person. This is the person to talk to. There's no doubt in my mind that you will have your needs met by this person. So I'm putting my social capital on the line to ensure that that person's needs get met. And I trust through, you know, my relationship with you already that you will be able to deliver on that. And so you have to have done the work to build up the history of like positive experiences. You have to have to have done the work of packaging it, um, and ultimately, then your friends can do the work of referring you out. So, like, if you have a clear-cut skill, that could be web development, it could be design, it could be um, copywriting, like all of those hard skills. It could be accounting. Uh, if you're like an entertainment lawyer, you know, if a friend says, "Hey, I, I need this contract," talk through, um, and you know exactly the type of lawyer for that kind of contract, then like obviously you're going to refer your friend who has that skill set. Um, it's a little bit harder for us super connectors where we intentionally develop a very diverse array of skills. Like I, I get referred as the router. So when people don't know who to go to, they go to me and then I send them to the people they need. Mm-hmm.
0: So a lot to talk about. And I, I definitely do want to go back to the job searching with friends and, and go back to your company, Job Suiters, as well. Um, but you brought up a really interesting point in terms of social capital. Um, I would love to learn a little bit more about what is social capital, Um, And how people could build it up.
1: Yeah. So social capital, the way I think about it is it's like a currency and it's something that it it operates in a kind of magical way where certain things can cost social capital, certain things can build social capital. But unlike, let's say with a dollar, like I have a dollar and I want to get something done. You say it costs a dollar, I hand you a dollar, it gets done. With social capital, it's kind of fun in that I don't necessarily lose social capital when I make a referral. Like if you ask me to find you a web developer, and then I go and find you a web developer, what's happened is you've potentially cost yourself some social capital because you've made an ask of me. And then I may be costing myself some social capital because I then try to make an ask of someone else to come work with you Which, if I don't trust you very much, it might be a big ask. Like, I'm putting my social capital on the line in order to convince that other person to give you their attention. And unlike in economic situations, what's cool about social capital is if you do it right, all three of us have the potential to gain in social capital by virtue of the transaction. So, in asking me to make a referral, you might think you're costing yourself some because you're basically saying, hey, can I have your attention? And so I'm losing attention that was available to me in order to give it to you. But maybe I find a lot of positive benefit in referring you people. Maybe my friend had just asked me, my friend, the developer, had said, like, I'm really hurting for clients, and I know that I can do good work. I just don't know how to market myself. So you asking me literally opened the door to me giving a friend that does good work the ability to show their good work. So you've gained in social capital in my eyes because you literally gave me a way to help a friend. I can gain in social capital because I not only connected you with what you needed, namely a developer, um, but also in the eyes of my friend, it's now like a three-way social capital thing because I just got them the work they needed. And then they may gain because if they did good work, yes, they may get paid by you, but they also now have the potential, if especially if they did good work and they're like a person of integrity, for you to refer them down the road to anyone else. So in theory, in a perfect transaction, all three of us Actually, have a net gain in social capital, whereas if it were just financial, you would essentially like lose money. I may get nothing financially in making that referral, um, and that's oftentimes what happens to super connectors: is they don't necessarily gain on every transaction because they're not saying like, "Hey, you have to pay me twenty bucks in order to make this intro." You know, the nature of social capital is that it's social; it's not economic; it's not financial, and it flows nicely when it's kept social. And I find that the people that I tend to resonate least with, like there are super connectors who turn their connections into value constantly. They're always adding transaction costs. And for me, it just, it kind of muddies the water. It kills the spirit of why you're doing it. Um, And I just prefer to come up with more creative external ways of navigating social capital. Okay. We'll
0: go, we'll get back to social capital in a little bit. Um, i would also, I'd now like to talk to about job suitors and, and kind of how people can get jobs today from in, in freelancing and kind of goes back a little bit to, I think what you're talking about being how to introduce yourself, but just love to learn a little bit more about if somebody is a freelancer or somebody that is listening that is trying to figure out what's next. How could you kind of coach them through on this call here, similar to the calls that we've had, um, to try to get to where they want to go?
1: So I think the, the question is very broad in the sense that like the types of people I've helped range so intensely from people who are total freelancers where they've only done freelance work. They don't have much of an employment history. They may have done some good projects in the past, but they're not, someone who you can say like, oh, you're ex-Microsoft, you went from Microsoft to Google to Facebook, and now you're an engineer ready to go on the next project. You know, that's like an easy trajectory that someone can map out. Whereas if you're a freelancer, it's harder depending on where you want to go. Do you want to do more freelance work? Do you want to go into a full-time role, in which case your resume may not code very cleanly to the people that you might want to get hired by? Um, So I think I would want to scope down the question a little bit, Um, although to be honest when i started job suitors back in like 2011 2012 um, we were explicit about wanting to cater to all possible populations of job seekers because like not everyone follows a linear ca- career trajectory so i didn't want to stifle people's opportunity space i wanted it to be more like the ok cupid of job hunting where If you sign on to OKCupid, you don't really know who your best match is going to turn out to be. And you let the algorithms do the work of sourcing through, you know, tens of thousands, or in in OKCupid's case, 30 plus million other people to tell you who you're most compatible, who's most likely to be your kind of person. Um, Because frankly, one of the things most job seekers lack is the knowledge base of what's out there. Mm -hmm. You know, you could be the perfect fit for thousands of companies and neither of you know it. Because you may have a skill set that lines up exactly with certain companies, and you just never knew that they were even in your city, that they were even hiring for the kind of role you were looking for. You know, most jobs that get posted on job boards have already been open for a while. They've been attempted to fill internally, so these jobs tend to exist long before you see them. Once you see them on a job board, they may may, may already be in the like latter stages of their existence. They may be already, you know, have. Hundred fifty plus applicants before you even see it enter the job board. Um, So
0: how do we, with that, knowing that that's the case, how do we get in front of that?
1: So this comes back to the challenge of what I clearly failed to do in the introduction, packaging what it is that you do in a way that makes it really easy for someone to be a hell yes on you. So you want to make it, like put yourself, one of the ways I frame this is if someone handed you a million dollars right now, And they said, it is now your job to disperse this million dollars across one or more companies. And then they told your friends. (laughs) So now all your friends are coming to you and they're saying like, oh, I have this idea. I have this idea. Help me with this. Help me with this project. And then you're like, very quickly, you'll learn to ratchet up your standards because suddenly you start to evaluate people based on like, is this one actually going to be a fit? Can I provide a return on my investment by bringing this person's project to the fore? Um, And maybe you're strapped in that you you can't just pick the person whose project you like the most or the person you like the most, but you actually have people you're accountable to. So maybe you have a boss who says you only get paid any of this money if you're able to provide a positive ROI. So what ends up happening is you become very cautious and you become a little bit more, uh, I guess you, you apply stricter standards to who you're going to like vet in order to disperse that million dollars. Um, So there's a lot of variables. (laughs) Like I'm going further than the question itself, but I think at the end of the day, like there's, there's a couple different segments you have to look into uh, when job seeking. If you're looking for a role at a company, um, that's one thing. And that's what I've kind of addressed is if you already kind of have a sense of you want to work at a company instead of you want to be a freelancer, because that's a completely different question Which is like, how do you navigate life when you don't have a clear-cut company? You don't have a culture you can investigate. You simply have a skill set, your website, and your hopes and dreams of someone paying you to do the work that you know how to do. Um, That's even assuming you have a website. A lot of freelancers, you know, they started off with word-of-mouth referrals. They did one thing for one friend, and then another friend asked them, and then another friend asked them, and then suddenly they're like, well, can I make this my whole full-time thing? But then they, they may throw together a portfolio, throw together a website, and then quickly find, oh, crap, it's really hard to get more people to know of my existence. And maybe they'll buy some like Google or Facebook ads, um, hoping that that'll work. Maybe they'll go to conferences and try to share what it is that they can do and see if that can pay the bill or at least get them some more referrals. Um, but it's really hard as a freelancer to, A, get yourself into the right people's worldview or into their purview, you know, um, whether that means talking to people face to face, which a lot of freelancers hate doing, um, whether it means going the ad route, whether it's going the social referral route by like empowering your friends to refer you in each of these cases, it requires kind of like a different strategy. Um, And so as a freelancer, it really helps to think about what your core strengths and desires are. You know, if you really like being around people, then maybe it does make sense to do a referral-based strategy. Um, If you're really good with analytics and tracking, maybe it does make sense to take an ad strategy to get your name out there. Um, But at the end of the day, the challenges are, they're going to be different based on um, which approach you take. And I think my favorite thing to keep in mind is always it comes back to social capital again. You know, if you want me to refer you as a freelancer, I need to know exactly how. I need to know your rates. I need to know a website or a way to link back to you, whether it be your email. Um, if I'm making a Facebook introduction, that's one thing, but that could be a big ask for me, because that means I might have to be friends on Facebook with the person who I might be referring you to, and that's not a given. So like having at the very least an email on a website helps. Um, I think the biggest challenge is really like, let's say you know a thousand people. In order for those thousand people to refer you even one time, they need to know two very important things one is that you can do the work and what the work is that you do. Uh, if they don't know either of those then you know you're already dead on arrival. there's nothing that they can do for you if they don't trust that you can do the work or they don't know what to listen for like what is the actual work that they should be like if they're out out and about at an event like any one of your thousand friends could refer you in a heartbeat if they know what to listen for when they hear someone else express a problem and they know that you can be the one to do it. So I think that's like the, that's the first step is like that you empower everyone, you know, who could ever refer you with knowledge and trust that A, you can do it and B, you know, what it is that you ultimately can do. Um, And the second step to that is giving them the phrase, either the, like the phrases to listen for or the phrases to use so that they can refer you. And sometimes it's as simple as posting on Facebook saying like, Hey friends, if you hear anyone ask any of the following kinds of things, you know, like I need a developer, I need some web strategy, I need um, help with public speaking, like whatever the things are that are in your wheelhouse, come up with a list of like things that someone could listen for and instantly be able to think, oh my god, that's David. You need to talk to David. Like that, you want that to be the first thing your friends say when they hear the buzzword, and the second thing they have to say is basically like incentivize this person to make that connection. So you say. Okay, if I know that it's you, how do I get this other person to know that it's you? Because, like, they don't know you. So I have to give them access to your website. Or I have to give them access to, like, what's the thing that makes you stand out? Like, let's say they talk to 10 people at an event. All 10 people are like, oh, I know a web developer. Or I know someone who knows the podcast community. Let's let's go for you specifically. Let's do it. So, like, I, what, what, name something that you would want me to refer you to someone else for. I'm going to put you on the spot here. <laughs> I'm interviewing you here, Steve. <laughs> I don't care. I'm putting you on the spot. Give me one thing that someone should pay you, let's say, five hundred dollars to do right now. A podcast review. Ooh. So yeah. go on. So a
0: quick overview um, of what their podcast is, where they're trying to go, and is their content and the ideas and the community that they're building on par with what
1: they want to do cool so this is like a tune-up almost yeah it's like I, is this someone and okay, now let's zero in so is this someone starting a podcast someone who has one that's already has like a certain amount of traction and you just help them grow further and make sure they don't incur any like technical or social debt by virtue of going further in the wrong direction
0: yeah and again we're thinking this is just off the cuff here yeah but this is an existing podcast
1: okay so someone has a podcast and they're like well i Want to grow it. I don't really know how. I don't know whether I'm doing it right. I just started this like in my basement. It was cool and fun. I did it with some friends, but now I'm actually getting serious about it. Yeah. Okay. So now we're painting the picture in my mind of exactly who the person is who, if I hear them say a single thing about podcasting, I already know that your name is the answer. So, what you've done for me just now, you've packaged your skills and you've identified the target market at least to a sufficient degree that I could then refer you. So if I'm walking down the street and I hear someone, even on the phone walking past and be like, God damn it, like I started this podcast and now I don't know what to do. I will tap that person on the shoulder and be like, you have to talk to David. (laughs) So that's step one. Step two, though, is what is the thing that I can then say about you that makes this person believe me? Because I don't have social capital with that person, with anyone I refer to. Like they might like me maybe because I talked to them for two seconds at a networking event. They may trust me already if it's an existing friend, but like, let's say it's a stranger. Let's say it's a stranger who is perfectly in your target demographic. Like they would in theory hire you if they met you and trusted you, but they are meeting me. It's my job to refer you as your friend, as your, you know, to make this social capital thing work out. So how does this person come to trust my word that you are the right person to talk to? And the step that I see happening there is like, what's a thing you've done that can be like the calling card that says okay david is the person so if i say and like you can fill me in but my my like tentative grasp on this just based on what i would intuit myself saying is Hey, stranger on the street, I just heard you say you need help with a podcast. My friend David has literally been working in the podcasting world for years. He knows everyone you need to know. He knows about the conferences. He knows how to design his own. He runs his own. He's part of the Seth Godin Podcasting Fellowship. You know, like, if there's anything in the world of podcasting you need to know, he is the person to talk to. An hour spent with him is worth a thousand hours otherwise, because he's done the thousand hours of work to get to where he is now. He's probably done more than a thousand hours to get there. So then that person's like, oh, well, well, that yeah, (laughs) like, you know, that's, that's a big, that's a lot of words coming out of me. It might sound overly enthusiastic. Um, But it's clear and specific. Well, it it could be clear. So like, think, let's think of what could make that even clearer and more specific. So if you ask, like, I'll give you an example of like what I've done for myself sometimes. Um, If you want to say like, I want to hire someone who can really help me find the right romantic partner. If someone says that to you, you can literally say like, oh, well, my friend Steve matched the CTO of OkCupid to his fiance in the span of like within an hour of meeting that person. He's like, oh, I know who you need to meet. So like you can signify by virtue of something someone's done that was really effective. You can signify that they are potentially going to be really effective for the next person. Um, If you... Like, think of any friend who's done something really cool. If you say, I need help, I, I want to come up with a fun one. I don't have one off the top of my head. Um, but give, give me one of yours. Like your, your, um, What's something that you've done in the podcasting world um, that would make it really easy for me to then say, okay, David did this, therefore you should trust him?
0: Well, there was a company that had recorded audio but didn't know how to launch their podcast. Um, they didn't really know the steps, so then I helped them as a, you know, freelance audio
1: engineer consultant. And now it's a show. Excellent. So that's a really good one. And imagine if I had then said, and that company was Spotify. <laughs> you see, like, all yeah. it takes sometimes is like that one flagship client that you can then point to and be like, look, I did the thing. And your friends can they then say, David did the thing. Like, you find me someone who's consulted for Spotify. Like, it, that's the kind of thing where, like, all it takes is like one or two really good gigs that socially signal what it is that you can do and come with it like the social trust of like oh if they work for that company then like i should definitely trust them
0: mm-hmm.
1: okay. so that, that those are like the kind of the yeah. building blocks of the social capital equation that makes it re- makes life so much easier for freelancers because if you can point if your friends can point to the thing you've done as a marker for why someone else should trust you and they know who that someone else should be like who's when their ears should perk up so that they can make sure they refer you to that person um, your life becomes so much easier because your friends all become your matchmakers and this works as easily in the job space as it does in the dating space <laughs> imagine if like you dated one of my friends and then it turned out that it was a great relationship and it ended completely amicably but like that was an amazing relationship and that person came to me and said, "Wow I wish I could date more people like David like it didn't work but like holy shit he's a great person." what then happens is any anytime anyone ever comes to me single and is like, I'm really looking for a great person to date. I'll be able to say, Hey, you should date David. Like he's totally someone who's like spot on. And I there's positive reviews coming from the exes, you know, like that's, it works in dating just as easily as it does in, in the career space.
0: It's fascinating
1: housing space too, for roommates. If you're a good roommate that that's, sh- that spreads. That's
0: another space that you've spent <laughs> a lot of time in. Um, Okay, Steve, one one other last thing, and then I'd love to learn just if we missed anything else, but would be what do you think that people um, get wrong? You know, people talk about kind of networking and it feels all kind of like scammy and sleazy and mm-hmm. asky, but what are some ways to um, be thoughtful about meeting people in person and developing real relationships that way?
1: So I've... It's weird because I'm such... Almost a compulsive extrovert, I spend so much time in front of other people. I've gone years without really being alone. Like I will just be out at events and hanging out and co-working, and like just I'm always around people. And yet, as much as people think of me as an extrovert, if you put me in the middle of like a stereotypical New York networking event, I am miserable. I run out of energy very quickly. I get frustrated. I don't want to be around anyone, and I need to go recharge. And part of the problem is that a lot of networking events aren't designed with any degree of, like, community or thoughtfulness. So what I think makes networking better is when you know how to do it in a way that is personally meaningful and fulfilling. Um, And so one easy thing is knowing what it is that you're capable of doing. Um, And rather than being the person to tell everyone that you're capable of doing this... You should empower the other people in the room to refer you to anyone that they meet in the room and thereafter. So, at a networking event, like the last thing I really want is to find someone there to pay me. I don't want to put them on the hook for that. They don't know enough. They haven't been like they're not the. B- no one in that event is necessarily going to be my best client, but everyone in that event probably knows at least five hundred or a thousand other people, and if they trust me by virtue of having met me there. They will, and they know how to refer me. We already talked about like how to get someone to the point where they know how to refer you. So all I need to do is build up enough social capital with every person in that room that they can then, for the rest of their lives, refer me to anyone that they meet who's in my target demographic. And so I don't think of trying to like convince this person in front of me. That's like that's just like speed dating. It's gross. It's like I want your number and I want you. I want to tell you why I'm great and you should trust me. Like there's nothing about that that feels natural or like good. It's miserable. But if you approach it instead from, I want this person to like give a shit about me. I want this person, I want to hold space for them and like let them know A, I'm good at what I do. That's fine. But I'm not asking you to be the one to hire me. I'm just letting you know that like this is what I do if you ever want to refer me to someone. But the more important thing is like, how are you? What is your deal right now? Why are you here? Do you hate your job? Are you looking for something else? Where does your curiosity take you? You know, like ask people questions that you are genuinely curious about. Don't let them put up their walls. Don't let them be boring in front of you. Hold them to higher standards. Empower them. Get them excited to talk about something. Whatever it is. Like Everyone has something they're excited to talk about. But like, empower the people around you at every event you go to. Even if you have to pull them out of the event itself, because the event is so poorly designed that you end up hating everything there. I literally have gone to an event and like taken 20 people and said, hey, let's go to this place which is quieter and way better for what we want to actually talk about. And then what ends up happening is those 20 people become 20 lifelong connections who are actually meaningful rather than me wasting 20 business cards on people who don't know anything about me, don't trust me because I just threw a business card in their face without asking them anything important, or I just try to get them to like buy something off of me or join me in doing something that they I didn't even check to see if it's something they care about. Yeah, like Every networking event can be really fun if you approach it as like, I'm going to make 20 friends today. I'm going to like check in with people, find out what they care about, find out whether they hate their job, whether they want to move to another job and like be their ally in whatever the hell that is that they want to do next. Um, And the only thing I have to do to put icing on that cake is let them like they already, I build up the trust so that they know that like I'm a person they can go to if they need something. And I make it clear what it is that I can do for not them per se, but anyone they will ever meet. (laughs) So they should all leave having met me knowing like, if I need to, if anyone in my life ever says I need help with finding housing, with personal development, with dating and dating apps, with starting a new company, or with finding a roommate or a romantic partner, I call Steve. And if someone leaves my presence with that in their mind, I've done the work. I've I've empowered them to solve their friends' problems by turning to me. And then that, that lasts forever. Like there's never, a t- if I keep delivering on that, you know, they send me a friend and I say, boom, this is how I can help you. Let's make it happen. You know, they'll just keep doing it all the time. And so those are specific follow-ups and ways. Anyway, so
0: maybe now uh, can you give uh, listeners contact information or just ways to um, to follow up? With me in particular? Well, yeah, just links, <laughs>
1: websites, you know, some of the some ways to kind of follow along. Yeah. Um so I have a dating and relationship consultancy called Dateworking. Like dating and social networking, dating and co-working, whatever you want to call it, but dateworking.com. Um I have a medium also under Dateworking uh which is, you know, my my blog where I publish topics on modern dating and relationships and personal development as well. I have a m- newsletter all under the same name date working works pretty nicely. I have the modern connection podcast, which I wanna have you on as a guest in the near future um, where I try to find out what what lets us connect better, more meaningfully, um, more readily uh, nowadays when so many people are suffering from the loneliness epidemic. So I try to explore the experts, uh, the movements, the tech that makes it easier for us to connect in a meaningful way. Um, I think those are pretty good ones. You know, they, the day working website links out to everything else. So that's really the best spot to start. Amazing.
0: Thanks so much, Steve. Really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you. Hey, Fran. This episode with timestamp notes is available on my website at portfoliocareerpodcast.com. I'm really excited for you to learn from this episode and would love to hear any thoughts from you and in continue the conversation where I post this episode on many different social channels please subscribe to wherever you listen to your podcast for my weekly Portfolio Career Podcast show. And really excited for you to build and grow your portfolio career. Thank you so much.